Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 171st edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who uh, just keep playing games. Uh, we asked them to stop, but they refuse. So we'll uh, they they keep playing. We'll keep talking. We'll keep talking about the Jays. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Question mark? Sort of. No, there's nothing to talk about. We'll figure it out. And uh, joining me to figure it out, to make it up as we go along. Joining me as always. Uh, old's reliable. Old's reliable, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm all right. That's good. That sounds very convincing. That was very wow. enthusiastic. The energy <laughs> is up, just like we were always taught. Bring the energy high. Yeah. Did any- You're doing it. I said, let's, not, let's not claim that anybody taught us anything about this shit. That was the one and only lesson. Bring energy up, energy, energy up, and no local references. That was the only two things we learned when we started to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, you and uh, all the listeners have, much like myself, been watching the fucking Blue Jays. So, I mean, it's hard to have the energy up uh, when one is in such a state. Is it, though? I think. Well, this is this was the first thing that I had on our list, actually. Actually, uh, your colleague and my uh, friend, well, former colleague and friend, um, Caitlin McGrath, she writes for The Athletic, and she wondered aloud, where did it go? Is it today? She said, it, her question was, it's hard to know what to cheer for, for the Blue Jays, in, in the athletic newsletter that went out this morning. Yes. She yeah. basically said, what do you cheer for if you're a Blue Jays fan? And I think that's a fair question. And and I will put it then to you, first and foremost, Odin. What, what do you think we as Blue Jays fans or people who are Blue Jays fans who are watching this team of their own uh, volition, what, sh- what are we rooting for here with a week and a bit, week and a half, I guess you could say, to go in the month of June? What are yeah. Blue Jays fans cheering for? <laughs> um, individual performances, guys to uh, guys upping their trade value. I mean, it would be nice to see Aaron Sanchez figure it out, which, which you know he's in the process of maybe taking a step backwards after a couple nice starts or three nice starts. Uh, it's been nice to see Randall Gritchick look like a regular, you know, a guy who can actually be a contributor at the big league level as opposed to what he was when he was here in April and. Uh, you know, David Travis looking like maybe he's a big leaguer and uh, all, all, you know, all sorts of stuff like that, I think is worth watching. It'll be interesting to see where, you know, how the team evolves and how the, the roster evolves. But I don't know if there's going to be all that much movement on that front. You know, you're going to see the, the trades and stuff. But, I, you know, I, I, are you basically saying are you not cheering? Are we not cheering for wins at this point? Is that what the, is that what the question is about? Are we cheering, like are we tanking for a draft pick? I don't think we're at that stage yet. I mean, I don't think that that's this kind of sport anyway. No, I, I think that you are correct in that. I think that um, number one. Well, okay. I guess another question, the follow up question is: Is cheering for players to improve their trade stock is that ghoulish? <laughs> uh not when it's guys who are obviously going to be dealt i mean at this point i mean i wasn't and early on i wasn't cheering for jay hap to have this kind of season because i wanted him to get traded obviously but i mean we're, mm-hmm. we're we're at a stage where that's that's where this is going you know you want to see hap get as much back uh, for the blue jays as possible you want to see marco estrada maybe turn himself into a trade piece or, or the the relievers 
uh, become guys who can actually, you know, bring back something that is going to help make the future better. Uh, and that's a shitty thing to have to cheer for, but at least it's something to cheer for. At least it gives you something, you know. And I, I don't know. Like, I, also, I can, I can take a baseball game out of you know and, and enjoy it, appreciate it outside of the context of a winning or losing season, right? And I think a lot of fans can do that too. It's not. It doesn't have to be about you know, what this team could have been or what its terrible fucking record is. Baseball is full of unknown delights from time to time. For example, tonight, starting for the Angels, supposed to be Tyler Skaggs, he was scratched from his start. In his place comes John Lamb, who's a bit of a journeyman left-hander, who I guess was up a couple of years ago with the Reds at some point. Oh, no, he was actually in, now that I think about it, I believe he was in the Johnny Cueto deal in 2015 as like a prospect. Um, I don't think that I don't, well, considering the fact that he plays for the angels, I'm going to assume he's not a prospect anymore or a one of <laughs> any kind of a claim. Yeah. But, uh, John Lamb's whole vibe is so off the charts. It's unbelievable. He's a big kind of thick looking guy. He looks a little bit like maybe like Jesse Litch, but if Jesse Litch grew up in like a shitty beach town, he's got long scraggly blonde hair and like lots of, uh, tattoos and stuff like that and just his whole vibe is just so unbelievable and i never would have thought that a that's what john lamb looks like or that's what i was going to see when i turned on the game tonight and my night is made frankly because he's just <laughs> he's, he's got some great socks on his shoes are even on point john lamb just killing the game can't can't help but love what he's bringing to the table today he just, he but looks, i also think he looks perpetually hmm? conf- looks perpetually confused i like that about him he likes. Uh, to, he looks like he's confused. Uh, Scott Lewis and I have been going back and forth a little bit on Twitter. I, um, I, I think that he, he looks like he has one of those things on his truck that shoots soot onto hybrids. Um, <laughs> what did Lewis say? Uh, uh, he just. He looks like he likes naps as well. That's another thing. He looks like a real nap. <laughs> like Lewis said he looks like he, he's he's drank a beer within a you know. T- Throwing distance of a gas station before. Well, that was me, actually. <laughs> was no, that yeah, you? He, yeah, Lewis, Lewis also <laughs> says that his truck definitely has like gigantic novelty tires. Um, uh, his vibe, though, his vibe is unreal. And you never, you just never know. But the other thing I would say you never know is the Blue Jays have a lot of ground to cover if they want to get into a one-game playoff against uh, invariably like a 100-win team. That's what the second wildcard team is playing for, for a chance to face the Yankees or the Red Sox, which I don't envy anybody. That The Yankees are on 112-win pace, and they may not win the division. <laughs> um, the Mariners are kind of sitting in the well out front, but the Mariners are starting to come back to earth real quick. They just got – they learned an important lesson about the Yankees, that the Yankees are stacked. And all their one-run magic seems like it's disappearing all at once. So the Mariners are coming back. The Angels are just kind of hanging out. Being the Angels, the Tigers and the A's are the Tigers and the A's, so you can't really put a lot of stock in their performance. So maybe the Jays can can squeak back in there. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Really? Really? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> it would it would be pretty ridiculous, I think, if they did. But sure, I, the it's it's not a zero percent chance. It's a non-zero. Uh, chance, I'm sure. I mean, we've so we've moved so far on from that possibility. I think that it, it would be weird to have to start thinking about it again, and that creates even you know bigger problems. Not I maybe mean, not problems. I mean, it would be great to have them get back in the race, but then what do you do with J Hap? Do you like? I don't think they're hanging on to him at this point. I think that 
Uh, even if it's you know a coin flip game against a hundred win team, I don't think that's maybe worth it to uh, to set back your your not rebuilding project, but you're continuing to your, your build of the future. Uh, you know, J-Hab's going to bring them back something good. I think they have to they have to do that. And he could well bring it that thing that good thing back from the Yankees themselves. Yeah. So if you are kind of dealing out of both sides, I mean that if we're really money balling, if we're really playing the game and gaming the system, maybe that's what you do. But it is uh, it's a lot to ask of the Blue Jays to get over those four teams and to keep winning ball games. I mean, we've spoken about it before. I believe you and I, and I know I've spoken about it with, with some other people around, which is, uh, you know, you watch the Astros. The Astros were actually behind the Mariners at one point, but you could look at the Astros team, obviously, and say, that was an, that's the, the almost talented team in baseball. That team won the World Series last year. They have like a, you know, a 30 and 10 run in them. And then they did, in fact, go ahead and win 10 games and they had a 10 and 0 road trip. And you don't look at the Blue Jays and think that. And that's what it's going to take. But then the other side of it is if you just do get that, if it's suddenly like, hey, look at that, they won all these games, then maybe they're back in it. So I think I, I don't think it's – I don't think it's – well, if you were cheering for the team not to win games because you don't you don't want to compromise the trade value, then you're the – you're a different you're, – you know, you're we're too far up our own asses if we're doing that, I think. Sure. That's, at one point. I mean, you want, you want the team to be exciting. You want the team to compete. You want the team to be entertaining. Um, winning takes care of all of those things. Uh, but asking this team, this collection of talent, to win that many games seems like it might be a bit of a um, – it's a big ask. But, you know, stranger things have happened. If if the the players who were underperforming kind of come back to what they should be and then – and I mean, it's almost like we're, you could say we're back at the beginning of the season, except we're not back at the beginning beginning of the season. We're back – we're at a state now where there are, as, as mentioned, so many teams to go through to get back into the race. But – but, um, I mean, yeah, I think if you're a Blue Jays fan and you're not – if you're not going pie in the sky, not saying I hope they win every game in July because they're not going to do that, you start thinking, well, you know, you hope to see Gritchick and, and Hernandez look like real strong pieces of the of the team going forward. Maybe like – you're basically you're looking for who's going to be on the next good Blue Jays team and when is that team going to be here, I guess is, is probably not an unfair question to ask. At this point, yeah, no, I, I think that's that's true. It just it feels like it would be such a like futile waste of energy at this point to start being like, well, they could get back into it. And I know that that's that is something that you know I always harp. But I feel like every year it's like you know there's the there's the people who just cannot stand the fact that you'll tell them that oh it's early still, there's still tons of games to play. That it, it, you know that things are possible that maybe don't seem possible. Uh, and and that's you know and, and with that in mind, I don't want to just give up on the season and, and get super focused on okay, who's going to go? What are we doing in terms of, of the, the trade deadline and the future? And how are we thinking about that? Because you're right, yeah, it, something it could happen. It could they could reel off a bunch of wins in a row and suddenly look up and be like, oh wait, we're kind of like in this thing. But I mean, just to, to keep sitting around hoping for that to happen. It seems, and to you know, watch every game and and hang on every run, sort of, you know, in the, trying to will that to happen, and in, the, in in anticipation of that happening, of that streak starting, 
just doesn't really seem like a great use of my fucking energy at this point. Oh, it's it's that. It's definitely not a great use of your energy. Hoping and praying for like a a team that is that that looked middle of the road and then has struggled to to achieve that middle of the road dumb. Uh, expecting them to go on some kind of crazy run is unlikely. But there are still, of course, a few pieces yet to come together. I mean, how many games has Josh Donaldson even played this year? Um, the answer I don't know, but it's not very many. Uh, and that's the big one, right? That's the yeah. big one that that is what are you cheering for for Josh Donaldson? Like what what is the best case scenario for a Blue Jays fan given jo- Josh Donaldson's uncertain status at the moment? Yeah. Uh, was it? Did you see Jonah's uh, Galaxy Brain tweet about like, oh, Donaldson will accept the qualifying offer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, like, I, maybe I, that's I, what you're cheering for. I thought I, I think I mentioned that when we were having some technical challenges in between there. Oh, but, I must have missed but, that. Yeah, but like, and, uh, so I, then that was the question I asked that you will hear when you uh, produce this at the end, which is like, <laughs> is 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 Josh Donaldson? like more on a Nelson Cruz level now where it's a accept a one year pillow deal and then get the long-term deal and continue to rake again as you, it will even better than you had before. I mean, or does that seem like a real step down? I mean, well, the, the idea of Josh Donaldson accepting a pillow contract is a little sad, but also. Has he now played himself down into the like from the level of one of the best players in baseball to maybe a guy who could be a mature slugger? I mean, is that is that where we are? I mean, if the season ended tomorrow, then maybe yeah, because he hasn't he hasn't done anything, right? I mean, and it, it would not be difficult to see uh, him being able to build value back up and build his market back up on a pillow deal and then getting more money in the long run. I mean, it would be a gamble obviously, but you know, what is a long-term deal for Donaldson going to look like if the season ends tomorrow? I don't know, but I mean, obviously last year he was worth five wins over a hundred games, right? So there is definitely an opportunity for him to come back and to play like Josh Donaldson for a good stretch, get moved to a contender and play like Josh Donaldson for the rest of the year. And, uh, maybe this discussion seems a little quaint by the end of the season, but I, I think that you know beyond that, the, the you know the injury stuff and the calves and the fact that he can't stay on the field and that he doesn't look great when he isn't at one hundred percent. I mean, none of that's helping his contract situation either, right? I mean, he's uh, uh, it's not like he it was, oh is that a Ricky Romero sighting the on the broadcast? Uh, so oh really? Oh, I'm watching the Angels broadcast. I I wouldn't doubt it. I don't think he will. He lives. Probably not too far from there. Yeah, I believe it uh, was. Well, we as well now as we've now uh, been taken away on a on a bizarre tangent. There aren't that many Southern California guys on the Jays anymore. That's true. It used used to be the big thing. I, I guess was when they would go through and Ricky Romero would host everybody at his place. They would have a big dinner and it looked like a great time. But like, who who lives in Southern? Who's from Southern California? Or who lives there? Pilar, Sanchez, and uh, and then of course as you you and I talked about before, Preston Gimet. Yeah, yeah. California. Uh, um, Biagini. Oh, Biagini. So the Biagini can have everyone to his, uh, his, uh, what's that place called? Silver, uh, Silver, Silver Lake. Silver Lake. <laughs> he's he's hanging out Silver there. Silver Lake Loft. Yeah. Yeah. 
where he's doing open mics at the ha ha hole and the all winter long. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but no, yeah it's I true. don't know. It's weird. Like I feel like the Josh Donaldson kind of hierarchy of what we'd like to see happen. Number one would be come back healthy and play himself into a nice, into a returning to a, be a great trade piece because he is such a good player and could command such a price that can help make the next, you know, help make the Jays better in the future. Number two is come back, play well, not get traded, but continue to play well, show he's who he is, get that, uh, you know, go and get his money and the Jays get the, get the, the comp pick. It's number two for me. Number three is he struggles or is struggles with his health. They offer him the thing. He takes it. And then he comes back next year and is awesome again. Um, and then so then we can go through the entire process again of will they, won't they trade him? What's the team going to be like this year? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the, the last case scenario, worst case scenario is he accepts a crappy deal, like a pillow deal or a short-term deal somewhere else and is gone away forever. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the worst case scenario. I, I think but, so. Uh, but I don't know. But like, so are we, are uh, beside Josh Donaldson and beside the uh, more obvious pieces, if it's like a Clippard or a, you know, the one year guys, Granderson, Pierce Pierce, who is apparently going to be back this weekend. Um, it, even though Morales, again, Morales playing himself into you know, looking like a player again, still doesn't have any value, but, but uh, you know, like, are, are we starting to look ahead and or look beyond those rental type players and say, are there some guys that maybe have some years left, years of control left that maybe you would be happy or would would part with it for the right price? Yeah, that is that's been probably the bigger question, I think, right? Because the rental guys are going to go uh, unless you know unless they're just not playing well enough to have a, a, a taker. But yeah, it, I'm I'm not sure because I, I wrote about this earlier this week. I had some some back and forth with people. You know, people I I was like. You know, Solarte still can be here for a couple of years, and someone's like, "Oh, if you get anything of value offered for him, get rid of Solarte." And it's like, yeah, I get that, but also, I think there's value in having, you know, and Justin Smoke was speaking about this over the weekend, I think, as well. Last weekend was, uh, you know, there's value in having veterans around when you're going to have a, a younger team. There's, you know, maybe that's just him saying he doesn't want to get traded as well, which I don't think is a thing that's going to happen anyway. But. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the like relievers are, are completely another story, right? Like, there's a Morosi tweet earlier this week about Ryan Tapera being, being looked at by other teams, and he's got term left. And it's like, oh yeah, go get a haul for him if you can. Like, he's been a great story, but he's a reliever. He's and he's not, he's not Osuna. He's not Craig Kimbrell. He's a really nice reliever, and he'll do well for somebody, and he'll be you know part of somebody's bullpen, and he'll be a big leaguer for a long time by the looks of it, but. Uh, if you could get things that are going to be more helpful, you know, if you can get actual position players or actual potential starters out of Ryan Tapera at this time of year, then uh, yeah, you go ahead, you go ahead and, and do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of these other guys, I you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that you need to tear it all down to the wood. We talk about this every single fucking week, I think. Uh, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't think I, I, obviously it all depends on what you're going to get offered, but I'm not rushing to to move a smoke and a Solarte, uh, or certainly not a Gritchick and a or even a Pilar. The Pilar is an interesting one, right? Because everybody is like, oh, there's outfielders coming in behind them. They're you know they're ready to. Everyone's always ready to move on from Kevin Pilar, which I get, but 
you know, the man, the man stays healthy. You gotta, that is, that is one thing, right? I mean, as much as, as sexy as the tools of Anthony Alford are, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it would be, it, you know, somebody's got to be out there every day. And Alfred hasn't looked like a guy who could do that yet, nor has Dalton Pompey. Uh, Number one. So, you know. Number one, I'll, I'll interrupt you briefly. Sure, no, please do. Well, not briefly. I'll probably just interrupt you and yeah, then no, talk for a while. Alex Anthopoulos was in the booth uh, yesterday's game, Wednesday's game, the, the afternoon game that was on Facebook. And he joined uh, J.P. and CBA and Mark DeRosa and the what other random uh, – the other guy. Whoever the guy is. Yeah. escapes me. I'm not, he's not a random guy. Not, I was going to make fun of the other Facebook guy with <laughs> aggressive California accent. But And Anthopoulos said the one stat that he probably underrated uh, when he was in Toronto and something that he, a, a number or a stat that he learned to appreciate in L.A. Uh, was games played. He said games played is a really important stat and you need guys that, that are out there. And he sort of chalked up some of the underperformance of – those 2012 2013 type jays teams he i guess he was kind of uh, associating those teams under performance with the inability of certain guys to stay on the field and uh aaron cb said nothing through all this so you because you knew that he knows who anthopolis is talking about um but uh but i i agree but i also somebody said i saw somebody on a tweet today saying you, you don't want it you don't want a, guy, a player like Pilar. You don't want to hold on to him for one year too many. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to to be like, oh no, last year was the was the one. That was the time where you should have they they could have moved him in. But uh, but again, he's a guy that we beat up on the show, and then and then I will randomly or uh, begrudgingly acknowledge that he yeah, like yeah. you just said he stays on the field and he's he's it's you wish you could upgrade it, but it's hard to replace his production. This his the shape of his production. It isn't. He's not a, a you know a, a killer with the bat. He's not putting up huge numbers offensively. Maybe his defense is not what it was purported to be from some of the more archaic, not archaic, but uh, rudimentary metrics. But uh, just being out there every single day and not a guy who's getting the bat knocked out of his hands, even though he's not a good hitter, is just right on that fine line of like, oh, can they replace him? I don't know. They could maybe. But, but uh, the other one, and it's funny because I had written this down. And I wrote it down before the the tonight's Thursday night's game started here, the Groff Cup between the Angels and the Blue Jays. Uh, and the guy that I would be listening on, or if someone came and said, started to whisper and be like, "Hey, hey, what do you think about this?" is was Aaron Sanchez. I would trade Aaron Sanchez in a heartbeat. Um, now he left the game after an inning because he apparently something was bothering his foot or whatever ailment. Yeah, at the time we're recording this, uh, the, it has not been announced. I don't think yet. No, no, the, the, we, that's right. So at the time of recording, we don't know why Aaron Sanchez left the game. But I'm the kind of I, like I've never been enamored with his his game, I guess. And and I think he's the kind of guy that if you trade him and he goes and puts it all together, you feel stupid. Like why would you give that up? But at this point, I mean, he is. Was he been a professional for eight years now? It's uh, he's know. been a, yeah, it's been a while. I he, he was tremendous in 2016. He did put it all together, is the thing, and he's been hurt since then. So I get being, you know, maybe souring on it. I, I I don't think you'd be trading him for full value at this point. I mean, obviously, if he's leaving the game injured, the last three starts before this have looked pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I you know, 
as much as I am of the mind that it's smarter for them to to keep some talent around and to consider, you know, look at what's going on with uh, look how quickly Aaron Judge became a superstar, or or what Soto's doing, or what uh, Acuna's doing. Um, you know, it's a, it, the fact that you have guys in New Hampshire that look like they're really going to be huge contributors uh, means that you, your your rebuild isn't you know three four years down the line. Like it, it could be things could turn around quickly with players like that, especially if you keep the talent level high. Uh, and I think Sanchez can certainly be a part of that. But you know, like literally anybody else, I mean, if they offer something that they think is going to make the team better over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'm very okay with that. I mean, if it's something that's more for 2021, 20, 22, I think that that's probably uh, looking too far ahead, right? And I, I think that the I think the front office probably understands that too. So I don't think that they would do that. But yeah, sure. Listen on Sanchez. Listen on Stroman. You know, obviously, listen on anybody. And and my thing, my thinking is, I'm more inclined to listen on Sanchez than Stroman. I think that's the distinction that I'm making, and maybe that's just from a pure brand buildings point of view i just to feel i feel like marcus stroman is a more integral part of the team um which is probably by design like he's he has ingratiated himself into the fan base in a way that aaron sanchez maybe has not um and i'm accounting for that i guess but i'm i mean i, and I, I, mean, I and maybe the fact that I think that's just per their personalities a little bit too right i mean sanchez yeah that's what i not mean. that guy yeah no but he's also – and the other thing with Sanchez is he's a one-pitch pitcher. So, like, yeah, trade him. <laughs> uh, he was th- that changeup was looking great earlier this year. Yeah, there was a couple – we – I'm not going to stand here and pretend like I wasn't hooked in. Oh, it's wonderful. It's changing the game. He just throwing some crazy – anyway. Uh, the other player, the one we haven't mentioned quite as of yet, which is Jay Happ. So, uh, Jay Happ is quite the hot commodity in baseball because – Based on what's going on around the league, there aren't, there probably isn't a better rental pitcher available today. You never know who could end up getting traded. Again, Justin Verlander got traded at the 11th hour uh, at the end of August last year. And that's, he, of course, is a guy with who is owed tons of money. And the Astros on it kindly you know, flexed some of the muscle of that massive market and, and decided to make a move for a big salaried player. Um, but that's not what Jay Happ is. But at the same time, Jay Happ, who pitched incredibly well yesterday against the Braves, going lasting into the ninth inning, uh, they, John Gibbons gave him the opportunity to try and close the game out. Didn't quite get there. A couple of runs got added to his ledger that uh, he would have avoided if they had put Tapera in to start the ninth fresh. But point is, Jay Happ, really good. Jay Happ, really attractive to a team like the Yankees and a team also like the Mariners and whoever else, maybe even the Phillies might want to uh, get in the, um, in the J hap business. Um, like, are we, are we talking, what kind of a package is J hap going to return? I think is the question. And that's the question that nobody seems to answer because he's not, he's not the same caliber of pitcher as a David price, for example, but he's very effective. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to end up paying teams. Are, they don't pay for the name. You know, maybe you did a little bit for price, but I, I don't think we can expect that kind of package coming back, like three actual or two actual, you know, real supposed pitchers or decent prospects at the very least. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, he's a guy, and this is, I think Anthopolis was talking about that this week, or uh, uh, where, you know, nobody, uh, prospects, you know, position players, uh, position players can get blocked, and that's why, you know, it, it becomes difficult. You know, the market for Donaldson, if he comes back and is, is Donaldson, is still pretty limited, because a lot of good teams already have a third baseman, and a lot of them don't you know can't use a dh and and you know maybe you can put him at first or something if you really wanted to but it just it really limits it i mean you know you saw what happened with jd martinez last year who you know does not have the defensive value that donaldson does or did who knows what he's going to look like when he comes back if he can fucking throw the baseball but uh you know it's just a a, a number two pitcher a, a, a very good starting pitcher like every team can use that and that creates the the market for a guy like that uh, it just may, it makes you know it, the deadline is just about pitching more than than position players basically. Uh, so yeah, he's like such a, he's a huge commodity. I, I don't know. I mean, you have to take a look back at some of the deadline deals that have happened in the past. But I I, I think that he's certainly a guy that can uh, that that can bring back a whole lot. You would love to see them do something like what they did with. Uh, uh, taking back Aoki's deal last year to offset some of the money, so you know that they maybe got a better prospect than they had than they they would have otherwise, you know. Uh, and I think that's something that is a way that they can use you know, they can use their money to their advantage as well. Like I think that the you know like if they had to eat all of Hap's contract to move him, they could. Or if they had to you know in the same way like take back a guy who they would uh, you know take back a bad contract like that in order to make it to ease the finances for the other team they can do that and i think that that's something where you know can the reds do that can the padres do that can some of these other teams there are not, you know some of them i'm sure can well, I think all of them literally could uh but will they are is it within their budget to do that sort of thing i don't know so that maybe gives the jason advantage there as well uh especially if there are teams who are still uh like the luxury tax is calculated at the end of the year, I believe, right? It's not like if you're trying to if you're trying to stay underneath, uh, you know, you still you can't add too much salary. You have a little bit of flexibility, maybe, but uh, so something perhaps to consider because I think you know the Yankees are still under. I think they're under by a decent amount. I think it was. I don't know who was, the Red Sox. I think are over. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but but I think yeah, basically to say again to sum up by just saying the thing I said in the first place. Yeah, he's, uh, there, there should be a good market for him. I, I honestly don't know what they can get, but it should be able to help them uh, quite a bit going forward. I, I think I will quibble and say that I think that name the name does matter because often the player earned that name. Sure. Like David Price, circa 2015 in particular, um, was one of the best pitchers in baseball. And now Jay Happ is, is is a very effective pitcher and has pitched himself into that kind of conversation where he's among maybe the right now the 15 or 20 best pitchers in baseball, maybe. But, I mean, David Price, we're talking like he was in the top five and he netted that big return. Um, and he's – but I think another – a better question or another example might be you Darvish. Right, so last year, you Darvish was a trade deadline acquisition by the Dodgers from Texas, a free agent to be. Now, Darvish is a huge name, and Darvish, but Darvish is is a guy who's almost not, is almost struggled to match to line up his actual production with his assumed or the the feeling of his production because he's 
such a dominant force who could strike out 17 Astros when they were losing 110 games every year. But <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, as we saw in the World Series, he was tipping his pitches and he sort of struggled a little bit with Chicago, but he still got paid a ton. And but like there's a lot of clout that comes with his name and and the but the Dodgers to get him, they gave up one of their top prospects who uh you know, their top 10 guy or you know, at least a, a top 50 guy in baseball. Uh, but also a limited player, I think, frankly. Um, Willie Calhoun, who's struggling, still in AAA, uh, apparently not happy about it at all and causing some grief for the Rangers, I think. But, uh, but I mean, you, that's that's the kind of gamble that if, on, a, on a bat, on a high-ceiling bat, maybe you're willing to take. But but I don't know. I mean, it's it's – it's difficult to use those sorts of comparisons, right? Because you don't know, like, what, you know, what, how do people around the game value Jay Happ? Do they value him higher than you, Darvish? Do they, do they think that is Jay Happ the kind of guy that can win you a series on his own? If you're a team like the Yankees, the Yankees in particular, so where does Jay Happ slot in in their, like, is that, is that the sort of math that they do? You know, if we get him today, he would be our ex best pitcher. How many guys do the Yankees have that are better than than Hap? They acquire him. They get Severino, they who's better than yeah. Hap. Yeah, but who else? Like when the Jays when the Jays acquired David Price, there was nobody that they had that was better than right. Him, right, yes. nobody. Not it was it was close. And and the Dodgers, you know, they have some their exception. Obviously, they have one a guy who was better than everybody. Nobody they're going to get right. <laughs> was was better than Kershaw. But but uh, but I don't know. So I, I just wonder if that's going to have an impact because he's only Jay Hap. So if he's only Jay Happ, does that change the way that that teams value him, or or is that the difference? Is a smart team going to be like, I don't give a fuck who he is. Look at how he produces. Look at how he pitches. Look at his numbers. Look at the way that he's performed for that team, and look at the kind of quiet leader that he is. And that was something that they that Mark DeRosa spoke a lot about the other day. It was about how much the team thinks highly of Jay Happ, like the position players and the pitchers and the relievers. They all really like look up to him. He's almost got like a little bit of a Halliday vibe to him. You know, very not the same stature, but kind of quiet but he's big and he goes about his work and just does his thing and players respect that so so i don't know that's not that's i'm just want rambling basically but saying i don't know how jay hap's gonna be valued but i hope it's highly because he can help a team win the world series yeah i think that you know teams aren't fucking dumb like they're gonna see what the production is and i think that they you know i don't think it's at that point about selling it to their fan base i mean i think it's about adding a guy who's gonna help them win i would hope that that's uh, first and foremost, why they would be making a trade, and and if so, you know they the production is right there. You know it's easy to see what Hap has been and what he can be. He's been a a very very good pitcher since you know he made that move to Pittsburgh. Basically, well, I think you look at some of the quotes that that show up that are uh, attributed to scouts and whomever else assistant gms there's definitely somebody in some front office there's gonna be one guy in every front office who's gonna say there's no way we're giving up this prospect for jay fucking hat come on <laughs> like there's gonna be somebody who's gonna, who's gonna offer that come on like that kind of <laughs> that kind of resistance to the idea of giving up a uh a valuable piece especially as prospects are hugged more tightly and tightly Tightly every day. Yeah, I, I, um, no, I mean, you're right that you know David Price is a guy who you could picture him pitching in Game Seven of the World Series for you and being like, "Yeah, we're we're in great shape. We've got David Price." Okay, give coming okay. out of the bullpen in the sixth <laughs> inning to face a left-handed batter. Is that- <laughs> but like, okay, give 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 him what we got to get him, you know. And 
Jay Happ isn't yeah. the we got to get him kind of guy, but maybe in this market he is because it doesn't seem like there's a ton of uh, other options out there. But like you said, there are guys like Verlander or guys who, who, with some term who may end up getting dealt at this point anyway. That was something that Jonah Carey wrote about about the uh, about the Blue Jays themselves about whether they should be in the market for you know adding somebody with some term, even though they're obviously not making a play for this year, which I think it probably would take them out of the running just because they don't have the same incentive to go out and get somebody right now who has that kind of term. But they do have, you know, plenty of prospects beyond the two that are really untouchable. Uh, that could that could net them somebody if, you know, the I think the, the examples that he was using where uh, Chris Archer came up in that piece. Uh, and there are a couple others as well. I forget who the fuck they were. But uh, yeah. you know, if, if, if those guys are if those guys are out there, uh, certainly certainly can't hurt looking into the into that if you're the Blue Jays because you know all the talk about Hap also means that he's not going to be here next year most likely. Though though okay, we, well, that's, we love that, the idea of course of resigning him. I do love the idea of resigning him. I like the idea of resigning him. I want him to be like the Blue Jays version of um, AJ Burnett with the Pirates. Where it's just sort of he just ends up kind of coming back, and it's become his late career home. And I saw somebody had posted a, a number saying, um, at this point, I think even after the eight innings that he pitched uh, this week, he's now played pitch more for the Blue Jays than any other team of the of the many that he's played. Well, of the three, I guess that he's four, five. Oh man, Jay has been around. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Phillies, 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 Astros, Jays. Yeah, Phillies, Astros, Jays, Mar- Mariners, Pirates, Jays. Um, he's played more for the Blue Jays than any other team. And he, he presumably likes to play here. But I think the question then becomes, if you are now a team that has traded J-Hap and is aiming for the future, are you a team then that J-Hap would want to come back to that is maybe in a rebuilding stage? Or even though they don't have as long a runway as a team like the Reds or the Padres or whoever else, the other examples we've used, um, they're still probably not going to win 2019. Or if they do, it'll be a little on the unlikely side. Yeah, I mean, the um, the one thing so is, is that a team that Jay Happ wants to play for. That, I, that's the big question. But I think the one advantage that the Jays might have is that you know he likes and and perhaps believes in some of the people here and believes that it can be better. So if it's not you know a completely different roster, uh, that's at least he becomes easier to convince that maybe 2019 can be you know the year that they arrive of a year too early, uh, as opposed to trying to make that. Uh, cover, you have that conversation with somebody who doesn't doesn't know John Gibbons, doesn't know all the guys around the team. You know, I, I think that you know they they you know that's part of why Estrada came back, right? I mean, part of it's a, a big part of it is that they fucking put a bunch of money in front of him. That's the biggest part, I am sure. And three years as well. Uh, yeah, our, well, I mean, uh, well, three. Oh no, it's, yeah, sorry, two years for Estrada, but three when half came. Back. Yeah, but I mean, when Estrada resigned last year for the ex, yeah, 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 for yeah, one yeah. more year. Uh, and that that was uh, you know him. I think he said you know he, that he believed in this group and believed that they were you know capable of more than they showed in 2017, which I I did and do as well. Except they're not sure as fuck not showing it this year either. Um, but yeah, so maybe that's a reason that he could do that. But it's also like I say, the every team can. J-Hap's an upgrade on every team's rotation. Every team is running a guy out there who's worse than J-Hap. No one has a team, a, a rotation of guys who are all better than him. So yeah. so he's going to have a lot of choice, uh, one expects, you know, because he's not going to be looking for a lot of 
you know, a long term. He's not going to be uh, if he gets dealt, especially he's not going to have a draft pick around his neck uh, come this winter. So, you know, and, and, and as nice as it would be to see him come back to the Jays, there's probably going to be a team that's, you know, a little bit closer to contention that would like to have him there as well. I mean, the, he could he could slot quite nicely into the Angels rotation, I'm sure, just to pick one team at random. Well, they don't have any money or any um, or any space. They have too many good players. The Angels. Well, you're giving away the. the, the that's what we're going to talk about on Superbad this uh, week. Okay. Well, I won't we're going to do, do the Superbad, of course, is the Patreon exclusive content. So as we we'll, we have a little bit more to talk about for for the for the big show this week. But I'll do the, the sales pitch now. Uh, Birds All Day is powered by Patreon, powered by the listeners. So if you want to join them, if you like what you're here, if this is your first time or second time, or you've decided that you're going to take the plunge and uh, support the content that you do value, as there are uh, cuts in the industry every day, we're here, independent, doing our thing uh, for you. So you can head over to patreon.com slash birdsallday and uh, kick us a couple bucks a month. And uh, then you get to hear exclusive stuff like Superbed. And it's something else exclusive that we're that we're going to, that is coming soon just got to get around to downloading an app and then we're going to do it but uh but yeah so go to patreon.com slash birds all day you can also like us on facebook at facebook.com slash birds all day uh on itunes and of course the, the podcast is hosted on soundcloud which is where you can find the rss if you want to subscribe or get it uh you know put into your device automatically whenever it, this goes up on the thursday night or friday morning friday afternoon friday night Whomever and whenever, depending on when we record. Wednesday last week, because Stoughton was off at a rock mm-hmm. fest. How was it? Did you have a nice time? I, I did actually. I was a little underwhelmed by the uh, by the lineup when I first saw it, but uh, I did have a, a delightful time. It's always a fun festival, and, uh, good atmosphere, nice people, uh, mm-hmm. and also I, the, it was weird. It, 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 I, I didn't think as much of it as I should have, but uh, one of the headliners one night was uh, Prophets of Rage, which, you know, Rage Rage cool, like that band. But but uh, it just struck me at one point. I'm like, oh, yeah, Chuck D. There's That's fucking – there's Chuck D doing fucking Chuck, that's got Chuck, Chuck D, D, D on stage yeah. over there. And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, that's actually kind of fucking cool. Uh, he rules and fucking sounds exactly the same as he always did. And uh, that one was like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. I can I can handle this. Uh, so yeah, it was lovely. That is the um, the sum of the parts. Somehow ends up to be less as profits of rage. <laughs> uh, but, but but that's not what people want to look. When, when did I did I was that the same weekend that I went to? No, that was two weeks ago. I went to see Hopalong and uh, and and Gate Creeper. I went to a metal show. And the indie and the crying indie rock show on the same night it was great. I had the best time. The 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 death metal show was unbelievable. It was just so perfect. Um, let's so that's it. That's the housekeeping and that's Stoughton's weekend in yeah. in the what's it called Montepose uh, or Mar- uh, Montebello, Quebec. Uh, Montebello, Montebello, Montebello. God's Quebec. country out there, gorgeous. Drinking? And you did you and the fellows get into like a slipstream or something like that or a trailer? Oh yeah, fuck, we're in a trailer. You think I just go and sleep in a fucking tent? <laughs> no i do not um i don't know if i could do that those days are so long those like long festival days even like a one day thing i'm like ready to tap it's uh yeah. it's a grind it's a grind it's tough to get your mind you know get into the headspace of it but once you're there you have a few beers it's like the weather was beautiful so whatever we just sat and drank for three days it was pretty good 
and then went and wandered over and watched some, watched some bands. Yeah, was, you watched. You watched. Went over and was where you paid. You bear witness to the prophecy of rage as it was uh, screeched at you by a fifty-year-old right. millionaire. <laughs> uh, odds and ends. Uh, the ass end of the roster looks like ass. That's the that's the ever so pithy note that I left for myself here about the uh, kind of state of the of the of the deal right now. Uh, Guriel is yeah. up. How did that happen? Uh, Gio Grishella is some is somehow is he still on the bench? Is he still out there? He's around somewhere, I believe. That guy has got like nine fucking lives. <laughs> well, I, I mean, with Pierce coming back, I, I suspect that uh, it's got to be him. Where's Pierce going to play, by the way? I don't know. Uh, where's Granderson ever going to fucking play? Uh, they got to trade those kinda... two guys, and they got to do it. <laughs> well, they, gotta, they probably should show that they can actually still hit a little bit. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, you know, it, if Morales hadn't completely turned his fucking season around, hit a double already here on Thursday night, uh <laughs> which might have been caught, but also might have been a home run. He didn't. He did not admire this one, and then turn it into a single at least, which was good. Uh, that was definitely a triple for anybody <laughs> else. It's just completely lost yeah. the ball. Um, but you know, if he hadn't turned a season around, then it would be easy to, you know, say goodbye Morales and uh, hello Steve Pierce. But I don't think you can get rid of him at this point. I mean. Not like you're really playing for anything, but it's just the, you have money tied up in him. And he's a guy that I think, going back to the thing that like Smoke was talking about, like he's somebody who uh, I, they like having around, I think. Uh, they think he's a good guy in the clubhouse and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I, – I can't claim, I, you know, it's my job. I should fucking know it. But I'm not, I, I'm not counting the spaces at the bottom of the roster and trying to figure out where all these guys are going to go. Um. It doesn't matter. They're bad. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> like you know what? Like who's the backup shortstop if you get rid of uh, Rochella and then well, who's not a fucking shortstop anyway? And then Guriel is he just up for the the um, paternity leave for uh, Gavilio? Is that what uh, is that what that move was? Oh, because there's a. Well, Gavilia is coming back, and now, so that was yeah. the other thing that these pieces are all related, yeah. because we talk about perhaps Jaime Garcia not making his next start, right? Because his um, <laughs> tits are getting yeah. lit every time he's out there, uh, not looking great. Gibby not really willing to commit to him. It would be a shame to see Gavilio lose his rotation spot so quickly. I think, I think it probably would. Yeah, um, uh, but there's also talk about Brian Barucki. Is he the one who pitched really well last time? Uh, Baraki's been pitching well. Uh, Reed Foley's been looking good after he's got moved up to Buffalo. So those are those are actual you know potential guys at some point, which is uh, which is nice. You know, uh, maybe not mm-hmm. front of the rotation types, but uh, guys who you could certainly rely on going forward, perhaps, uh, or at least have the potential to be those kinds of guys. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them join the rotation at some point after you know trades are made. But, uh, yeah, the, the Gavilio thing is interesting. I think he just definitely deserves to keep his spot. He's been a nice, bright story for them. But Strowman's coming back. Um, mm-hmm. Well, maybe if Sanchez is fucked, uh, that, that, that opens the door. I don't know. 
It's just one delightful really thing after another this year with this Blue Jays squad. So yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what I mean. Garcia, who you don't, who has time for that at this point? Like why wait? That's right? kind of the thing, you know. I'm sure he's a very nice man, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see Gavilio get those starts. So I don't think he's providing them any value at this point. I don't think that they're picking up that option at this point for next year. Like the, uh, you know, they have a $10 million option on him, which if he'd pitched really well would have been uh, a steal, but he, he hasn't. Um, Not and, so much. And so, you know, I, I don't know where they are in terms of wanting to get guys who are in double A up to Buffalo and where they, you know, whether they want to move the, move the whole chain along a little bit, but maybe they're getting to that point. I think TJ Zoic's been pitching well in double A, but I think he just got there from, from Dunedin, I, uh, I say obviously as someone who's been paying much so much attention to TJ Zoic, uh, <laughs> just right in there, right into the the high A. I box could be, I could, you know, a lot of people do. More people, probably a lot of people listening to this, uh, know, know more about that shit than I. Yeah, because what, what am I doing? I'm not watching the fucking Fisher Cats, especially not when uh, when Vlad's not playing. But yeah, Zoic started the year at uh, at Dunedin and is. Uh, how badly are we overlooking Bo Bichette at this point? Because it's now that now that it's not Vlad and Bo, Bo Bichette's just like, oh, he, he's just some kid who's 20 and guys like a 130 way to run created plus a double A. Who fucking cares? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 my, my heart died when Vlad Guerrero went on the DL. So now I can't even be bothered to, to, to cast my gaze towards this other like 65 OFP middle infielder who's like worked his ass off to become a viable shortstop in the big leagues who cares he he even has a famous name but not that yeah. famous like <laughs> his dad was only okay not a hall of famer out of my face Bo Bichette we're spoiled a little we're spoiled by the by the, by the teens bit. the teens have spoiled yeah I think so. so so we're we're getting rid of Garcia is that the move I'm fine with that it's time well there's only so much like so now there's the challenge, I guess, is from a team building perspective is is a try to win as many games as you can, whatever. <laughs> but the other true, <laughs> the other thing is how can we juggle, you know, commitments to players that we have that we have based on their seniority, based on uh, verbal stuff. You know, like you you can't you you want to give Steve Pierce a chance to try to end Curtis Granderson, presumably play your way into a contender's eye essentially if you play well we'll let we can then move you and you can go play for a good team and maybe get make some extra playoff money or do whatever it might be um as opposed to i mean like obviously your, your shala and whomever else was got you know the kind of the floor has raised or sunk to whatever your layer it is but i feel like you have to okay let's do right by them and we have to do right by the franchise when what's the next step of the franchise it's what can we extract from a trade tradable piece versus what kind of player development can we, you know, if moving Barucki up now, or is this something that we wait till September and then we'll see like Barucki and Jansen and whomever else, Sean Reed Foley, like those guys maybe see now like logical fits for the, for, for uh, September call-ups. I'm not sure if Barucki's in the 40 man. I think the other Jansen is for sure. Yeah. I'd- on the I think Rocky roster. is. I think I don't think Reed Foley is, but I could also be wrong about that. Right, but uh, but yeah. So that's that's sort of the challenge now. Is 
it's not necessarily about having too many good players and it's a matter of you know what how can we do right by these players and do right by our team and then you make some moves and you start to look around okay now is it time for alfred to get come up to the big leagues and stick him here for the rest of the year is it time for or is it he a guy he needs to play so we'll let leave him down there triple a let him play let him play i don't know that's that's not my job though that's why those guys make the big bucks because they can have the uh the master plan in place to uh to fit all of these little pieces together into the uh the the wonderful puzzle the wonderful mosaic that is the 2018 toronto blue jays uh i think that's about it again we could sit there and do this bottom of the roster stuff all day uh but we're not gonna we're gonna sign off and if you are as we said before if you are patreon uh contributor look for super bad as well we're going to talk about the Groff cup and uh where these two teams maybe went wrong this year so uh, is Tony got anything else to add? Uh, I have one other thing to add. I I caught I've been playing. I play baseball. I've been playing on Saturdays. Typically, I play on Saturdays. Last two weekends, I played Saturday and Sunday. And this past Sunday, I caught six innings, which is the most I think I've ever caught in a day since I, well, ever probably. And let me tell you, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I was fine that day. They were like, "Are you sure you're okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine." It was hot on Sunday here, relatively. And I caught all six innings, and the game was over, and we won. And then I was like, I feel fine. I woke up Monday, felt fine. Went play basketball on Tuesday night, felt fine. But I, I don't feel fine. I just feel old a little bit. Like, it's, it's only small, little creaky things in my body. And I'm like, this is bullshit. This is so bad. Getting old is trash. Uh, but I had a great time. And catching six innings is great because that means I'm, you know, you're involved in the game. Every cliche you've ever heard about catching is true. They all think we all think the same way. Okay, like, hey, look at that. I get, I get to throw the ball every other pitch, every pitch. Wee wee wee. It's awesome. So that's it. I don't know. Yeah, super bad's coming up. Anything else? No, no, nothing for you. Uh, so yeah, of course you can read Stoughton at the Athletic. If you haven't subscribed there, do that. You can read me. I've I got put something up on Vice Sports today. Public something I wrote is published on Vice Sports about Mike Trout. So go read that. I wrote about Mike Trout as I have been doing for uh, many years now. And uh, hope maybe next week have something else on Vice Sports as well. So keep your eyes out on that. And uh, again, as we said, like us on Facebook. We share, share random memes. No, no memes. But uh, so for Stoughton, my name is Drew Fair Service. We'll talk to you next week on Birds All Day.